I don't know about you guys, but the uh, like the pollen is super stirred up here, and it's that time of year. Oh man, like all of us, we're not sick. Just everybody has a lot of gunk in them. So if I sound weird, I'll blame it on that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not stuck <laughs> it stopped all. raining. Like, how do you have pollen when there's so much rain? That's what I mean. It did finally stop raining. Uh, mm. I think for a little bit. But yeah, the pollen yeah. is there. It is Finally. everywhere. When I was Finally. in Savannah, the pollen was so bad down there that, you know, a couple of times a year you would get this yellow layer of dust. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. I mean, I'm not exaggerating, sure. like a thick layer of dust on top of everything outside. I've seen that. And super gross. So I'm glad we don't have that, but there's a lot here. Anyway, so what's going on? What, what are you guys up to? I'll go. Um, I been working on the show and it's long grueling hours. I sound a little tired because I stayed up late and got up early. I didn't sleep very well last night. It's funny. I thought I would go right to bed. I tried to go to bed early so I could see you guys early, but I woke up at like five in the morning and I really couldn't get back to sleep, like not solidly. But uh, anyway, we've been working on the show and we've been uh, having a lot of fun. It's lots of laughs, but there's a lot of waiting. So you end up, you end up, uh, there's just a lot of waiting around and that's actually really tiring. You know, people's like, oh, you're not working that hard. But when you work hard, you work hard. But like if you wait all day long and uh, to get a couple things done and then finally it's like, okay, work hard. It's like, wait a minute. It's like four o'clock. I'm like done. Like, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's first world problems. I'm not really complaining, but I'm just saying why I'm sounding so tired. <laughs> I just sound so tired. And uh, then last night, I still have a couple of videos obligations. So last night, I started working on a new video for an outhouse. And I couldn't really do that while we were working. Yeah, making an outhouse for a place for the men to go and uh, do some business. Because on the show, <laughs> all the men have to walk all the way up. I mean, everybody does, but you know, all the men are like, I, I just walk into the woods because I know my place. I know where you can't see me. And, uh, but everyone's like, oh, God, I got to walk all the way up to the, to the men's room. It's all the way. It's a far walk. And just to like go for a second, like, you know, and then come right back. It's like a big, then you walk away and you get tied up with somebody and you start having a conversation with somebody by the office. Anyway, so I'm making an outhouse because I needed one and because it's a cool video shoot. So that's what we're just making. Nice. I'm making it out of rough cut lumber. Okay, I have, a, I have an alternate idea for you. Yeah. Diaper vending machine. <laughs> oh, that would be a That's little di- difficult just, on the show. Be like, I have to change my diaper. Excuse me just a minute. <laughs> that would be more convenient. inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I didn't say uh, it was a better idea. I said it was an alternate idea. <laughs> that was one I couldn't squeeze in between takes because when I did the knobs a couple weeks ago, I did something obviously very small. And I could kind of keep jumping back and forth from the lathe while we were working on the show. But this is like, it's like a big phone booth made out of old wood. So hey, you could you couldn't pinch that one off. You had you need a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, couldn't get that one done quick. <sighs> oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> and right away, that's uh, cool. There's a, there's a couple of nerds on the show. They're like, "Are you going to build this? Are you going to do it?" I'm like, "Nope. I'm just going to put." On the ground and dig a little hole, and that's it. And I'll be like, are you going to put lye in it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's just going to be a place to <laughs> make a number one in the that's woods. A... That's all it's going to be. <laughs> that would be a, an excellent title. Are you going to do something like that for the title? Oh, I don't even know. I was going to say number one in the woods. I, I probably, I'm, I'm, my titles are very, probably to my detriment, my titles are very descriptive. I've never been accused of uh, clickbait, never. Yeah. I'm like, these are knobs for the bandsaw. 
this is going to be an outhouse <laughs> for the woods. It's like, look what I've done now. I made an outhouse. I can't believe this worked. Yeah. yeah. So, just, so I'm working on that. And uh, yeah, so I have the dogs today too. Usually the dogs are over at Tail Studio. So you might hear the dogs going crazy from time to time. So, but that's it. Dave, what are you up to? Sorry, I'm so mellow. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> have two videos due this week. So we did a couple of tip videos. I have a lot of shop cabinets that are have big holes in them because the plan is to build drawers, but I never do because for whatever reason, I hate doing drawers. And so we made a video on the quickest and easiest way you can make a plywood drawer. And then, uh, and then we did another video. It was kind of fun. We did uh, my 10 favorite shop tips. So for the last couple of weeks, uh, I've just been keeping in a, uh, like a little notepad of my like the little, the little tips and tricks that I do in, in all the videos. And I just compiled my 10 favorite and that video is coming out later this week or earlier this week. If you're listening to the podcast, which you probably are. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, huh. and, um, we, uh, I put out the video of the, um, like the, it's like the sit stand workbench, the, the adjustable height workbench. And it's funny because I take a piece of Baltic birch and I cut a bunch of strips and then I flip them up and glue them together. And there are so many comments of people like, oh, it must be nice to be so rich to afford plywood. And, and, uh, <laughs> uh which is the, are they serious? They they're, they're they're joking just because the plywood is, no is going crazy. This piece of plywood came from Kencraft, and their prices aren't crazy yet because they're still working off of old batches. But he said, like, uh, when I was talking to him, he's like, it's probably going to get pretty bad, and it might stay that way for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry to anybody who has to buy lumber supplies in the over the next year, but it sounds like it's going to continue to be crazy. When we were doing the trailer build, I just wanted to go get a cheap piece of OSB and build the bench out of that. And then it was like $68 or something. And I was like, no, I'd rather use the the good walnut plywood that I have just lying around. I'm not paying 70 bucks for a sheet of OSB. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, with the kitchen cabinets, I mean, I at the time, it's been, you know, almost two months now. At the time, the maple plywood at Home Depot was $62 a sheet, I think. And it's like pretty nice pure bond plywood. And anything else there uh, of a cheaper grade was getting more expensive by a higher margin than the nicer stuff. I don't know how to say that. (laughs) But like the cheaper the wood is, the bigger the increase was. So the Uh maple was a little bit more expensive than it had been. OSB is way more expensive. That's crazy. And I don't really understand why that is, but you know, picking maple plywood for that project actually worked out pretty well because it wasn't that much more than it would have been, you know, a year ago or whatever. Uh, Jonathan Moses has a great video on the lumber supply cost and why they are, and and uh, he goes into great detail. Like it was one of those videos. Like, man, this dude did a lot of research in there. So, if you want to know more about it go watch Jonathan Moses's video on it. And I already forgot everything that he said, so I don't remember why the prices are the way they are. <laughs> but I think it has, I mean, it it's definitely has to do with COVID and supply and boats getting stuck in canals and people holding on to wood and, and, and like distributors not selling it so they can 
probably price gouge and yeah. Yeah. I, well, what I was, when I was interrupting you earlier, what I was trying to say was that I saw an article talking about the, the current state of the lumber industry and saying how, um, there are a bunch of factors, like you're saying there, all those things are kind of mixed together. But one of the big things from a personnel standpoint was that they had to lay off so many people in the milling operation, but not in the necessarily in the like mm. cutting operation. And so logs are really cheap right now, but milled lumber is really expensive because they're having to hire back a bunch of people at one time that they can hire back a bunch of people, but they're also trying to get their milling systems and the people they're caught up. And so they've got this huge backlog. So they're working extra hours. They're paying overtime. They're doing all, you know, there's a bunch of factors, but it's kind of bottlenecked. One of the bottlenecks is in the raw to milled step. Gotcha. There. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's tough. It's like, it's like a bar fight. And, you know, I've been, I've never actually been physically in a bar. I guess I was in one bar fight, but wasn't that bad. But it's like a bar fight when, like, someone just takes a cheap shot just to stand it on the edge. This is like this giant price increase all around the whole world is like a bar fight. And people are just like, yeah, it's it's that, you know, it's the increase. You know, I have to double, triple my prices. So I'm sure there's so many people taking advantage of what's going on right now without actually mm-hmm. really. There's so many people price gouging, which don't really don't really have to, is what I'm saying. Because they mm-hmm. are sitting yeah. on old stock or whatever it might be. But yeah, so it's it's a shame that you know we'll never know the truth and who's what and where, in there. Well, and there's an there's other parts to it. I don't know if we talked about this on here a couple of weeks ago, but there's also an, a, a resin shortage. Oh, and um, I'm not sure how that affects like people like Total Boat who sell resin. I'm not sure if it's that grade, but I know that we called to get MDF. Uh, from a distributor that we use and we were gonna we were trying to find a whole bunch of it so we were trying to find like a stack of eighth inch mdf sheets and they basically said we can't get it right now because the resin used to make mdf is like disappearing at the moment Hmm. and if you can find quantity of mdf if that's what you need you should buy it no matter what the cost is because it's just going to go up so if you got a big MDF project coming up, anybody, and you need to buy, you know, significant, you know, more than a couple of sheets, I mean, we'll start getting it now because that's on the way. That's apparently. a bummer. Which is a bummer. Yeah, because that's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't want to pay for plywood or I want to pay for hardwood. I'll just use MDF because it's <laughs> <laughs> glued sawdust. Well, <laughs> hmm. sorry. It's uh, it's funny because on the show, I, I don't know what the budget is. You know, these are secret things. They don't tell anybody, but... It's the turnaround, and I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it on the other podcast that I do. One day a truck shows up, and there's like 60 sheets of plywood in it. And the next day another truck shows up, and there's like another 50 sheets of plywood in it. And then two days later another truck shows up, and there's like another 75 sheets. I'm like, where do you expect us to use all this plywood? It is like the first project we used was plywood. This project we used a couple. Like the only thing we used on episode two was like we used plywood as a table. I don't know where all this plywood is going to get used. It's unbelievable to me. Are they going to leave it there when they leave? Because you may just have all the plywood you need for a little while. I'm going to become the plywood king. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, I, I don't foresee anything leaving here because it's funny. Everybody that's uh, working on the show really is not in 
like the woodworking business or, or in the making mm. business. The only people in the making business is us five that are on the show. Everybody else is like, okay, what are you going to do next? What is this thingamajiggy? I'm like, that's a table saw. Are you going to use this thingamajiggy to cut that other doohickey? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to use this thingamajiggy to cut the doohickey. Okay, cool. Now, you know, so that's, that's what I'm, the producers I'm talking to. So, and no one, <clears throat> I don't foresee them returning anything because, you know, they, they all have rented cars. No one has a giant flatbed. Well, they do have a giant flatbed truck on rental, but yeah, they're not returning anything. I don't, I don't know. And they, I'm sure they'll hang on to stuff because there's a good feeling there'll be another season of the show so far. Mm. So everything's going to stay as put, but I just, I, like at one, like the third truck, I'm like, what is all, are we building a, a building? Like, why would we have so much wood? <laughs> So hmm. maybe I'll, I'm going to stop making some like CNC push sticks or something. I'm going to use that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, you should absolutely just go through and like you know, tag your name on every sheet of plywood that's there so that when the show's over and they're trying to pack up, you're like, nope, nope everything that has my name on it is mine. Yeah. Just leave it mine. here. That's mine. And then you'll have. That's mine. Is it yeah. the good stuff? Is it Baltic birch plywood? I asked for it because I can see the writing on the wall that they would probably do this. But they got they got like seven ply stuff from Home Depot. So I was like, yeah, get the Baltic bird. It's not that expensive. Hundred and ten dollars a sheet. It's not that expensive. I made. Yeah. I had. A, I cut something for Taylor a couple of days ago, and I forgot. Over a year ago, we have a new hookup for plywood. Well, it was new a year ago. It's a con ply up in the northeast. There's Connecticut plywood, but they're in a few different places. They're not all necessarily in Connecticut, but con ply. Has a lot of a lot of good choices, and we bought five by five Baltic birch three quarter. And over the year, I kind of forgot about it, and I saw it on the wall in the in the loading dock, and I thought to myself, "Oh, that's I, I, I guess those are half sheets from the Bullet Bourbon work." I didn't realize that they were five by five. I thought they were four by four, and so I said to tell him, "Like, well, I could use one of those half sheets of Baltic birch." And uh, I went to pick it up. And I'm like, wow, why is this so wide? I'm like, I'm picking it up, like holding it five feet. It's like just the, the girth of my reach. And it's heavy. And I'm like dragging. I'm like, I'm like, I threw it on the CNC machine. I'm like, oh, it's five by five full sheets of Baltic birch. Like, you know, the original five by five sheets of Baltic birch. And I cut, she, she has the slicer program where she'll design a chair and the slicer program and then cut it up. And you could choose the material, how many slots you want in X and Y and Z. And, or X and Y, and uh, we she'll, she'll design a chair, and we've done it a few times now, and uh, it goes together really beautifully. And like it, you know, it's we've all seen tab and slot furniture, you know, and for CNC machines, it just looks so beautiful. You put it together, it's so satisfying. But she's using it as a substructure for furniture, so she's going to cover it all up. But uh, yeah, the mm. Baltic birch is just uh, as is. It just looks like a finished piece of furniture. Really beautiful mm. stuff. In my in my old plans, I didn't always put a cut list on there because a lot of the plywood that I got was five by five, and it seems like most people are getting four by eights. And then when I get five by five, I have to have it cut in half, so it's you know two and a half by five, and then I use that as my starting point to figure out where all the pieces need to go. But I you know eventually I got too many people saying you need to you need to put cut lists and and. Uh, how many sheets of plywood I need on the, in the plan. So I started doing that, and I just I, I now assume everybody's using four by eight, even though I'm using five by five. Yeah, cut in half. The, the good thing about yeah. five by five, and you guys or, or Dave, you might notice this. 
<clears throat> Taylor had it all laid out. She had this whole cut list laid out in four by eight. But when I realized we had five by five, I just made my bed size in my program. I was in Vectrix. It's probably an Aspire. And I laid it out and I, I was able to put everything in the five by five comfortably with more room left over than in the four by eight. I mean, it mm-hmm. also had to do with the shape of the, the it was a lot of big curves, but <clears throat> I was, I was amazed. I was like, <clears throat> I'm going to have to jam all this into this, what I thought was a four by four. And then I realized it was five by five and everything comfortably fit from a four by eight into a five by five layout. It's, I was surprised. So hmm. technically it's 10 square feet smaller or nine square feet smaller, but I was, I was able to fit it in there. Yeah. The only time I've ever really used the five by five is when we built the uh, ping pong table because they're, the tables are five by nine and a half or whatever the size is. <clears throat> and it would have been, you know, we, we broke the table up into four panels. So each half of the table was two panels with a center runner to get that line. And so I would have had to use a full sheet of four by eight plywood for each one of those four panels. Yeah. So uh, the five by five ended up working out really well. But but when the stuff that we got for that, uh, we got it from a place called DSI which is just a, a distributor. I think they're mostly on the East Coast, but it's interesting. One side of it is really nice, and then the other side of it looks nice, except it has these dog bone-looking like patches in it, where I guess they take out the knots, but then they put this patch in, but the I guarantee you the knot looked better than the patch. It's really strange because it's not... Well, sometimes the knots, because it slides so thin, the knots are literally falling through. So they have to patch uh, it. Could them. be that. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, did I ever tell you guys the story? This is a funny story. This will eat some time up. But when the I hired my buddy Mike to build out the inside of the barn, and he did a fantastic job with his team with this with his guys uh, Jeff and Brian. But he was in such a rush to get started, and it was it was the first couple of days of March, and it was tons of snow on the ground. And I gave him a, a lump of money to get started, and. Willie calls me and says, Mike is stuck in the snow with all the plywood. And I was like, what? What plywood? I didn't even like, we didn't haven't even decided on what plywood to buy yet. He goes, you better get over here. So I come over here and he's got this trailer that he made himself, which it works, but you know, it's just a janky trailer with a hundred sheets of plywood on it, which can you imagine how much a hundred sheets of three quarter inch plywood weighs? And like he, literally a hundred sheets? A hundred sheets. Two packs of like 48 sheets or something like that. Oh my gosh. Piled on top of one another. And he was backing down and, the, and because of the ice and snow, he jackknifed a little bit and then went off the road. And the road that goes down to my barn, we just keep graveling it because it gets a little messy. And so now the road itself is like raised up like 10 inches more than either side. So if you roll off <clears throat> the road, you're not getting back on super easily, especially when it's snowing or raining up. And I have to get Phil. I have to call my guys and have Phil so that the road is kind of the same level as. And then when you put that fill in, it's going to take time for it to compact and actually be drivable. It's going to just turn into mud. Long story short, he was completely stuck in the thing. And so he's totally stuck, like beyond repair. I was like, I was going to have to get the backhoe, which I just bought and like pick up his thing and get it out. But we, so I climb up and I said, I go, this really, you know, this really sucks that you're stuck in the snow, but you know, it sucks even more. This isn't the plywood that I want. I said, you know, you, <laughs> <laughs> typically I would be like, typically I would just shut my mouth and say, okay, I guess this will work. This is fine. I'll just keep my mouth shut. But oh, I no. wanted, 
I wanted like that old, like the stuff like Donald Judd uses, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? I know Dave, you probably know what I'm talking about. Donald Judd is an artist who uses like this. Um, he's like kind of a lighting artist, but I just wanted like regular yellow. So I, I said, Mike, I'm really sorry. I was like, you know, you, I said, I, I go, I, I said, is this the plywood where one side is really bad and the other side is like the beautiful yellow pine that doesn't have any knots in it? I said, I wouldn't mind. I said, I'd be okay with the football patches, which is reminded me of this whole story. And uh, he's like, I think one side is bad and the other side has got the football patches. So we pulled, we cut the straps and opened one sheet and looked at it. And it was, it was basically underlayment, three quarter inch underlayment with as big knots that are popped through that first layer. And it's the same on both sides. So there's just, it's super rough because it's meant to just be subfloor. And, you know, you, you, you put this down yeah. and then on top of that, you, maybe you put another clean sheet and then on top of that, you put like an oak floor. And I said, I'm really sorry. And so I had to go back to work. So I left him and his truck, his trailer was stuck in the snow on the side of my back road for like three days until he finally got it out. <laughs> and then it just, it just, one thing kept getting, like, I felt so bad because then he said to his girlfriend, could you drive over? Cause he has another truck. And he's like, drive over one of the Chevys. So she drives over one of his trucks and she drove over in low gear the entire way. And when she got there, the muffler fell off. So he's like, I think she blew my transmission and the muffler fell off. Oh so my goodness. It one just thing leads to another. out of control. And I felt so bad, but he returned it, got his money back. I said, look, I said, if you can't return it, I'll just buy it and we'll use it for something. I said, we'll figure out what to use it for. We'll figure out how to use a hundred sheets of plywood for something. So we'll just put it at the warehouse. <laughs> he was able to return it. And he was the one who suggested, he goes, why don't we just use planks from the sawmill? And I was like, oh my God, why didn't we think of that? Because we couldn't find plywood anywhere. We, we tried con ply. I mean, I wasn't about to put Baltic birch on the wall. And the whole reason I wanted to put plywood up was because I wanted to be able to remove it. I know if you guys had followed April when she first built her shop around the same time I built mine, April put all the plywood up right away and she was able to open up the wall and do stuff and put it back up. So I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be like April to be able to open up the plywood and, you know, run wires and stuff. Turns out by putting up the planks, Patrick has been in and out of the walls a hundred times. And he leaves oh. no evidence. And, you know, and mm. he said, he goes, it's great because I just want to run a wire north and south. He just pulls a plank off, runs the wire, oh, puts the nice. plank back on. So it's worked out really good. And then, like, if you want to run a wire laterally, you just pull off, like, every fourth plank. And you could, like, push it through and grab it from the other one. Oh. Yeah. And uh, the plank, some of the planks are, <clears throat> we haven't, we, I haven't really dug into putting the second floor in yet. And especially now, I might have to keep the place as is for a little while. Because like we've established it as a character, but all the boards that go up under the first floor or under the floor rather it are all uh, full fourteen feet long. So you could just like you got you need the high low to go up and down in there. It's a, you know it's not easy, especially now that the shop is filling up with stuff because there's all kinds of supplies and builds lying around. And uh, hmm. it is nice though having a full crew of people around because at the end of the day, like I just go like this like. And then there's 40 people cleaning up and putting things away. <laughs> I don't personally have to do I don't. I personally don't have to do this. Mike, the director, does. Mike goes. You snap at somebody and then they <laughs> clap and then other people clean up. It's like that. Mike, no, Mike, Mike is the director. He'll just pinch his collar and go, can we get some people down here to clean up? And then before you know it, there's like a firestorm of people putting things away. So I did not know who Donald Judd Judd was and so I just looked it up 
And I love this. A lot of repeating lines and repeating elements in his art. Oh, yeah. There's light and then there's also plywood. So you see a lot of the light stuff, whereas like he does a lot of stuff with the fluorescent lights. And then he like if there's a place up here uh, called Dia Beacon, which is an old Nabisco factory. And it's a big art gallery now. And they have a lot of Donald Judd stuff, all of his old plywood stuff, like made in like the 60s and the 50s. And it's it's sheets of plywood. It really reminds me of Casey and Van Neistat stuff, you know, with, with Tom Sachs. Mm-hmm. Like all that plywood that Van Neistat uses, it's got that same exact yellowy swirl. Cool. Bob, are you working on uh, anything? I, I Yeah, I forgot that I hadn't talked about how I've been doing. <laughs> I made a swing um, out at the farm. Actually, I made it here, took it out to the farm. But I've been wanting to get some sort of like a, I don't know, some sort of a swing, a place to sit around our fire pit out there. And there's we have a fire pit, and then there's several trees that are kind of circled around it. And uh, eventually, I think I want to build some platforms in these trees because they're about they're about 16 feet apart, but they're in kind of a circle pattern. But there's two of them that are about 12 feet apart. And so eventually I want to build platforms on up in these trees and connect them by, you know, rope bridges or something like that for the kids to play around. But between the two that are 12 feet, uh, I think that's like a span that I could easily run uh you know, two by eight or something across and make a beam. I didn't do that, but that's the plan eventually. And so currently I just put some hooks in the tree up, you know, eight feet or so, and then hung this uh, kind of porch swing. And it's, it's funny because I basically just built a porch swing, but instead of doing it in a traditional, you know, pine or whatever that you would use to build an outdoor swing. I made the frame out of steel, like square tube, and then covered it with cedar. And for no particular reason. And I, it, was, it was strange to do that and not really have like a, you know, adjust, in the video, I didn't have a justification for it other than the steel was probably cheaper than the wood at this point. Um, but apparently steel prices are going up too. I oh also boy. heard that. So oh for strength, you want it for strength and for warmth. You want the steel for strength and the wood for warmth. There you go. So there you go. Stuff for you there. there you go. Sure. Get, yeah. your, get your replies ready. Um, yeah. Well, I, I wanted it to be, it's a little bit deeper. It's about 22 inches deep, I think. So it's a little bit deeper than a typical, you know, 16, 18 inch uh, seat would be. And I wanted that so that I could lay down on it. And then when I was designing it, I des- I was thinking about it being long enough, being a little bit wider than normal as well, so that I could lay down on it and swing. And somewhere along the line, the measurement that I had written down for the total width, I think it was like 82 inches or something. Somehow that got changed. And I don't know if I changed it in the model or on the paper or something. But then I cut pieces and I welded pieces and I got the thing done and I looked at it. I'm like, that's like, that's like 67 inches. And I don't know why that's, <laughs> so it ended up being a lot. I mean, it's still sure. a little bit wider than a normal one, but not as wide as I want it. Cause I wanted to be able to completely lay down on it with room, you know, above my head and below my feet. And, and part of the s- steel idea was that it could be a bigger platform stronger and I wouldn't have to worry about reinforcing over a bigger span. And then I ended up not using the bigger span. So it just looks like I just made a steel one for no particular reason, but, uh, made that swing and it was kind of a fun, simple thing to build, but, uh, just painted it. And I decided to paint the 
steel, my tendency is just always to do like, just paint it black, you know, just do black and then we'll put some natural wood on it and be good. And I was like, I got to do a color. I just have to make myself just pick something that's not black. And so I went to the store and like the spray paint, you know, cans, just like that huge rainbow of colors. And I was just like, ah, blue. <laughs> so I just grabbed blue and uh, it, it turned out really nice. It's a cedar decking on top of like a kind of bright blue frame and it looks good. And it's really nice. We we hung it up the other day. You can easily fit three adults across it comfortably. Um, I laid down on it and just about fell asleep while we were sitting there shooting. But anyway, so it's it's a swing, a little bit different. I don't know that it's something other people would necessarily want to build, but, uh, you know, because it's like, it's unnecessary steel, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, so wait, it hangs from a yes. tree? Yeah, so instead of, you know, typically you would have a, a beam going across like the on a porch. porch. And, yeah. Speaking yeah, of and April, have, April's made a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, but this one is just the chains, instead of going completely vertical, they flare out just a little bit. But they flare in a way that you can still swing forward and backward and you don't hit the trees or anything like that. So hmm. um, it kind of worked out. But I think eventually <laughs> I want to put a beam across there and move those chains in just so that the beam can then be used as a platform, you know, for other stuff, but it's kind of out of the scope of this one. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. I've still been working on R2D2 finally back to that. And, um, it, it's one of those things. There's just a ton of little things to do on it. Uh, and so I'm working on it, but it doesn't feel like it's moving ahead very quickly. You know, it's, I'm finishing up a bunch of little things and I have whole new sections to start and stuff. So, and then we're we're working on other things coming up for the future, but other things. Other things. The kitchen is uh not done. The appliances are in and working. We finally got <laughs> We finally decided, I say we, I mean my wife, finally decided on paint colors. And then last night I painted on one of the paint colors and this morning she said, "I'm second guessing that paint color." So, I was thinking that we were going to have cabinet paint, like we can go paint now and be closer to done, but that may not be moving as quickly as I hoped. Uh, we're still waiting on countertops to be installed. And yeah, so it's not, it's kind of at a weird place where it's kind of stuck, you know, and we can't quite move things into the drawers or anything because we have to put new faces on the drawers and we still have to paint things and so, Is that all going to be videoed kinda, once it all you, you documenting all that for a video? Uh, yeah, some of it. I mean, this next video about the kitchen, which won't be out for several weeks because we're waiting on all these different things, is going to be about all of the little details and uh, scheduling things that you have to do with a renovation like that that don't show up on TV. So, yeah. like when you watch, you know, Fixer Upper or whatever, they're like, "Okay, our new kitchen's here," and then it just shows up and. Uh, so we're covering the, you know, how do you, Poke how do you lay out lighting and how do you, yeah, well, not even that. It's like, how do you schedule the design and the material and the countertops and the delivery and the, like, you got to think about the order of operations to do all that stuff. Otherwise you do one and then you have to wait six months on the next thing. Whereas, you know, if you schedule them right, the, you have a lot of overlapping time schedules. So it's that and just all the little you know, putting in the hood and hooking it up and 
finishing up this thing and that thing and just trying to get it into a usable space. So, hmm. and then we'll have other videos later on about, I got to build a big glass wall door, building a new table, doing some built-ins around the windows and stuff like that. But Nice. So, no, nice. Your, the yeah. answer is it is not done. <laughs> and it would be nice if it was done. It's not there yet. Right. So. Right. Well, we don't really have a topic. Uh, you guys got anything else going on? Anything you want to chat through? Well, last week before I suggested a topic, I thought you said maybe there was one in a Patreon message or a comment oh. or something. Do you remember that? Probably. I, I don't remember that. Oh, oh well, well, there's one from, um, I'll see if there's a few here, but one from Corey from Make Shape Create, one of our Patreon supporters, asked if there were any places uh, that we were looking to go post-COVID <laughs> making related or not. So, like, any just events or, you know, I'm trips scheduled. or anything. I'm scheduled to go to England again. You know, I keep uh, speaking with uh, Nick over there, and he's like, he's he's afraid I'm going to bail. So he's every day, he's like, you coming, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming. You co- did you get your ticket? <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, you coming? You coming? You coming? So, yeah. So I'm planning <laughs> on going over to Maker Central, and uh, I don't know if I will or if I won't, but I would like to always, I, my, every year I'm like, this is the year I'm going to go visit Jocko. So I don't know if that's going to mm. happen. But uh, I would like to go to, I mean, I am going to go to Europe, you know, but who knows. It, this It's really been, it's really been nice not going anywhere. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really been nice not getting on a plane and, you know, not, and Dave, I know you probably always have to explain yourself why you don't go anywhere, you know, because everyone's like, why is David in here? I'm like, he just doesn't want to travel. And uh, you know, now picky. you're going to be able to hide in plain sight. And so yeah, now, yeah. I, now I know the feeling. So, but yeah, I'm going to go to Make Essential. I, I, it's always a hurdle to go to Make Essential to get on a plane and go to Europe and, you know, booking the flights. But at the end of the day, I'm always happy that I've done it. Once we've done it now, this will be, I think, the third or the fourth. I can't remember. This would be the third trip, I guess. And, yeah, third. And uh, Taylor and I keep uh, threatening each other to go on a road trip across the country. We're going to get a camper and do that. In the summer, we were planning on doing it right after the show. So that that's still a possibility. I have a question about that. How big would the trailer have to be that you would take with you? Because I guarantee you that you would return with like bandsaws from across the country uh, and printing presses from yep. across the country. And yep. So would you, I guess you could drive to California and buy a trailer there and then just, just drag it for half the trip. Well, now that I'm a big boy, I could figure out how to have things shipped. So like it's okay. like nothing. <laughs> and then even, you know, there, I have a couple of resources. Um, there's a couple of guys that uh, will ship my buddy, Jason. I make a phone call for him. He'll drive anywhere and pick up anything for me and drop it off. So I could be like in the middle of the country and be like, I think I found something I need. Jason, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I'm like, can you pick this up? You know, obviously it costs money, but I've done that a couple of times. And, uh, you know, who knows? But when we're on those trips, I try to make it a point to just look for inspiration as opposed to be mm-hmm. on a hunting trip. Because, you know, I don't want to be like looking at Facebook market and, you know, Indiana and going to visit some weirdo. I, I, it's really more about just like inspiration in little shops and stuff. And, you know, I, I really yeah. try my hardest. To, a friend of mine told me this years ago, shop with my eyes and not with my wallet and mm. look for good projects and, you know, just potential projects either for obviously for the YouTube or <clears throat> for the art or for the house, whatever it might be. 
you know, I think as designers, we have this insatiable uh, thirst to just constantly keep finding the ultimate coolest thing. And it, it never, never goes away. You know, it's like scrolling through Instagram. It's, you're always looking for like the coolest old car or the coolest abandoned house or the coolest, uh, you know, whatchamacallit. So driving across country, it really feeds that part of my, my needs. So I haven't done hmm. it in a while. Yeah. Haven't done that in a while. Drive across country. So. Cool. David, what about you? Well, for a while, for a couple of years, all of us went to all the events all the time. It seemed like for about three years, we were, you know, every three months we were flying somewhere. And um, that was fun, but it's also super exhausting. And maybe... I think maybe a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm really a shy guy. But when I'm at the events, I, I figure out how to like, you turn it on and you're expecting it. But if you came up to me and I'm shopping at Home Depot and I'm not expecting to talk to somebody, you, that person will walk away and I'm like, what is that? That dude's a weirdo. He doesn't know how to speak English. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I get a lot of anxiety when uh, on the trips and it's just super exhausting when I get home. So for a long time, I just like, we're going to go on two trips a year. That's going to be the max, and I'm going to make the, the most of it. And I always love them. I come back, and I'm super inspired, and um, I get to meet the coolest people. And it always re-energizes me, and I have all these project ideas after after a big trip. So, um, yeah, I, I have enjoyed the time off of, of not going anywhere. It's been, I can't even remember, maybe Maker Fair was the last trip. I can't. It's been a while. I don't. I don't remember yeah, the last time we I flew on a plane. That was two years yeah. ago, wasn't it? Two Mays ago. Oh, I went to yeah. I went to Joshua Tree. I went out to Ben's place. Uh, that was a year and a half ago. So and oh man, that was super fun. Um, so I I think what I'm really looking forward to is I've been super cautious. Maybe maybe over cautious, but I've been super cautious, and I haven't gone to any antique stores. And I love going to thrift stores and antique stores, and I don't spend a lot of money at them. I just love looking and walking around, and like what Jimmy was saying, just like trying to be open and shop with my eyes. And so I miss doing that. So um, starting to get a little bit more comfortable, and I'm going to go out and and just look look for inspiration at antique stores. I always have this like. Some, sometimes I'll wake up, I'm like, I don't have any videos due for a couple days, so I've got time. So I'm going to take a trip, and there's this big antique mall, and I'm going to find something, and I'm going to take that something, and I'm going to turn it into something new. And then I get there, and these places are so huge, you're overwhelmed, and you don't find anything. And then you come back with, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed with myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't find anything. But um, I do miss just shopping with my eyes quite a bit. Yeah. Are there any of the actual like out of town trips that you're specifically looking forward to, or just kind of um, may, may take them, may not? If uh, if uh, Ben has his get-togethers again, um, it, it's it's not it's not a public event, but it, it it's with other creators. That's really fun because um, I like hanging out with people who do the same thing, and we can share ideas. Uh, I definitely miss. Um, uh, the the Maker Fair events. I don't know if there will ever be Maker Fair events again. I'm not sure, but I really miss them because I'm 
those expose me to things that I have never seen or never would think of or never would see if, if I wasn't there. Um, I haven't been to a like woodworking event in probably five years. Um, yeah, I think Maker Fair. I, I miss the Maker Fairs. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I do too. One thing I really like about Maker Fair, and I think it is the big one in California will come back, but I think they're because they were thinking about scheduling it this year or I guess last year. I don't even know what year it is. Um, but they, they kind of said, well, like maybe it's not quite, you know, we're not there yet. And then they, they pushed it off. So I think it will be back. But I th- the thing I like about that is that it's something where you can go, you see tons of different types of stuff. You get to meet tons of different types of people. You get to hang out with other people who do what you do, but it's not like hyper scheduled. You know, we when we go, we usually have a couple of talks we have to do or a couple of requirements because we're there for that. But then the rest of the trip is just open-ended. Whereas, you know, some of the other stuff, uh, like they announced WorkbenchCon. They have a date for that for next year. And I'm excited about that because that's a really great time as well. But it is classes, right? So it's like, you you know, you got to pick like, uh, and this weekend I'm going to hit these things and I want to go to these talks and do this. And so it's very, you know, I guess you don't have to be places if you don't really want to be places, but it's built around being in certain situations and learning certain things from certain people. So I'm looking forward to both of those things for different reasons. Maker Central, I would love to go the timing this year, moving it to August. I'm not sure about it. And also, like, my kids start school the, the next week. And so I'm not even sure, like, what we're doing family-wise. And it's it's a weird timing. Like, May worked pretty well for us uh, in regards to Maker Central. But I'm, I would really like to go back over and definitely go hang out with Jocko again. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. So I'm looking forward to those. But I do think other than those three events, I don't know that I'll be taking on a lot more travel um, after all this stuff settles out, I, I'm with you both. I have really enjoyed just not, I always love being on trips, but leading up to it, especially like the week before the days before, I'm just like, Oh man, I got to go to the thing. And that means I got to pack a bag and I got to think about, you know, the timing um, is always just, wrong the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like two weeks before it seems fine. Yeah, you're and then excited. you get right up to it. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling like, well, I got to go do a thing that I know is going to be fun, but I'm still kind of dreading it because of whatever. If you're like I have me, something like, else to do. Or... I'll have something literally like I got to go to England, for instance, and I'll be like, and that will happen next Monday, and then I'll meet up with somebody, and I'm like, what are you doing next Monday? I'm like, nothing. Let's hang out. And then I have to call my. I'm like, oh, I forgot I'm going to England tomorrow. I'm so sorry. Like, oh, okay, I guess we'll hang out when you get back. Like, but like that's, <laughs> I did that when we used to have the podcast on Mondays because I like Monday is like my dumping ground. People are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. Well, t- let's take care of it Monday." Yeah, okay, let's take care of it Monday. And then Monday morning, I'm like, "I, I got to do my podcast." I'm sorry, I said Monday. Everybody just thinks you're avoiding them. You're like, "Oh, I forgot I had to go across the world to a different country. Sorry, I can't go to lunch." <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, it's, we're like 45 minutes in, we got to do an after show. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Unless you guys got anything else on places you want to go. Anybody has uh, topics for like next week, you know, let us know because Jimmy still has a few weeks of shooting left. And so we have these kind of shorter shows and, uh, you can blame it on Jimmy, but also if you have topics, send it over and we'll, 
try to fit them in. Um, all right, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. Corey, who gave us that question, is one of them. He gave it to us through Patreon, but there's a bunch of other people, and they're all awesome. Big thanks to Odin Leather Goods, Corey from Make Shape Create, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, You Can Make This Too, Chad for Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. Again, huge list of people over there. I'm going to randomly shout out another person who's not at that top tier because they're awesome. Old School DIY is one of our patrons. Big thanks to them and everybody else. And they all get the after show, which is, uh, you know, extra stuff. I'm going to talk about my little extra secret project that I've been talking about the last couple weeks. Ooh. Made some progress on it. Um, and you get that by going to patreon.com slash making it and signing up and then getting the RSS feed for the after show. So go do that if you want to. And if you don't, right on. Thanks for being here anyway. All right. You guys got anything to recommend? David? So, um, I'm going to go with, uh, one of our old friends, Izzy Swan, just, uh, mm. in his latest, latest video, he talks about the upcoming changes and some products he's working on. And, uh, I don't, I don't always catch every single one of Izzy's videos, but lately I've been really enjoying his, his energy. He seems like, he seems like he's in a really good place and, uh, he seems happy and he looks healthy and, uh, he has all these awesome ideas for for products, and I'm excited to see his wh- mind where never stops. Yeah, yeah, his not his mind never stops, and uh, his shop is looking pretty sweet. And he's got this massive 24 foot CNC. Um, I think it's uh, from what I understand, it's it's one long CNC with maybe two two brains or two two routers. Yeah, two gantries. And uh, he's got some cool product ideas, and just I don't know, that guy's got a—he just comes up with some amazing ideas. So I'm looking forward to what he's going to do with that. Cool. Uh, I'm going to just recommend my buddy Musty, Musty One. I don't know if anybody knows Musty Darren. He he does engine repair, and he finds these old cars, and he's like, "Will it run?" That's basically what he. And he gets like hundreds of thousands of views. It's crazy. Will it run? And he does these crazy videos. Will it run? So he uh, he came last year to the go kart event, which I'm doing again this weekend. This this July Fourth weekend, we're going to do it, and uh, it's very informal. Come, don't come, do what you want. Book a room at the Blackthorn, whatever. So July Fourth, and Musty will be there with a gooseneck trailer full of wacky gasoline powered machines, like he did last year. So that's it. Cool. Uh, well, mine is our buddy Alex Steele that I've talked about bunches and bunches of times, but he has a series of videos out right now where he's making wooden chairs with his dad. His dad is a green woodworker. And, uh, so in the past, he's done a few projects with his dad where he's made handles or he's made, you know, wooden things for his other projects. And it's always really fun to see him be a little bit out of his element and, He obviously grew up around it, so he's not completely out of his element. But uh, to see him take on woodworking projects and learn that alongside somebody who he obviously respects and knows what he's doing. So it's really cool to see that. And I think it's a three-part series. I think the third one just came out. So, yeah, go check that out. Well, anything else? Can you guys hear the, the truck backing up? Nope. You didn't hear that? Oh. I don't know what it is, but every single day you hear that beep, beep, 
beep, beep. I'm like, oh, another delivery of something we don't have room for. I bought a kiln, a pottery kiln from Even Heat. I haven't even had a chance to unbox it. And I showed it on my Instagram stories the other day. But uh, I bought it. A lot of people are like, oh, lucky you. You get a free Even Heat kiln. I bought it. Um, I didn't pay full price, but I did buy it. And it was considerably expensive. But it's... Um, they gave me a discount because they know I'm going to promote them. But it's a it's a, a kiln with, a, you know, the tap thing so you could set the, the ramp times and stuff, which I have no idea how to use, but we'll figure it out. And the, a couple of the a couple of the girls on the show are like, oh, my God, you have a pottery kiln now? I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, that's it. We're doing pottery days. I'm like, okay, cool. We just have to set it up and plug it in. What? What do you have a pottery kiln? What are you going to do? What's the plan? Uh, I was going to cook pizzas in it. So. Cool. No, I mean, you don't do pottery, so no, no, I don't do pottery yet. Yet? Oh, no, it's it's a thing for Taylor and I. We're going to do pottery together, and she's going to do pottery. And then now there's a couple of girls on the shoot. Some of the art girls are like, "Oh my god, pottery!" And like they're going to teach us how to use it. So sweet, cool. Yeah, kiln is is on our list of things. We've actually got one in Chattanooga that I just have to drive down and pick up. Somebody's going to sell to us. Oh, uh, for Jenny because that's one of the big things that she needs. Anyway, let's go do the after show. Okay. All right. All Thanks right. for listening, everybody. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll catch you next time. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you more. I love, love, you, love you too. Love you more. <laughs>